Hello, and welcome back to the Let's Debrief podcast. And today we have our second guest ever. Yay. Another mom. Another mom. Since we know you guys love the mom vibes. The, the mom, mom content. Advice. Yes, mom content. So today we have <laughs> Ashley's mom, Brittany. Brittany, Queen Brittany. I was going to say something inappropriate, like it's, it's Brittany bitch, but... You it's should, a, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let your personality shine through. Yeah. It's like we don't need a, a parental advisory uh, explicit warnings on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't is bitch like a would that I don't know what trigger like I don't know. I don't know what the standard is. We should look it up after this. I'll that look it up while you for future. Guys, I'll look it up while you guys uh introduce, introduce her. All right. Well, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. I'm your mom. You're my mom. Um I am your mom um yeah i'm Brittany. i am the mother matriarch of this family that is fair um i'm married to your dad yep that's good what's his name uh his name is rob or bob (laughs) depending on who is talking to him or about him um yeah oh okay how old are you (laughs) well that's important for the podcast gonna go yeah um i'm 42 okay um ashley is 24 interesting that makes me um, 30 days before I was uh, 18 when she came into my world. So I was a teenage mother. Um, I was 17. I was barely 17 <laughs> when I got pregnant and still 17 when I delivered you and um, married your amazing father six months later. And just celebrated 24 years yesterday. Wow. So you're 24 this. and a half, and we are 24 years yesterday. I will. So literally... you got married after she was born. Six yeah. months. That'd after. be like me and Tanner getting married right now. When because Monty's, Cause Monty's six, six months. months. And it was intentional, actually. And I don't know if she we was. Te- to... No, I mean you can go into it. She was telling us. I feel like this was kind of like the first that I had heard of it. Like obviously, mm-hmm. like I don't know. I feel like I, at the age of 10, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was at your wedding. Yeah. How was I at your wedding when you can't have sex until you're married? <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> that is true for everyone. But it's illegal. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, don't break the law. But like I'm a rule breaker. Tell yeah, what you had like kind of talked about like the, earlier this week. Yeah, we talked about it as we were kind of approaching our anniversary. Um, Peter who is very uh, he's debrief. beloved by this he's podcast. debrief famous <laughs> yeah. he um, honestly should be our next guest he really screw really. the husbands <laughs> I, or dads forget that yes. um yeah Peter was like being joking you know oh my god wait you're 24 and a half but they've been only married 24 years um and that was intentional it was we got engaged when I was pregnant but I was very very I come from a long family of um or a long line of divorced marriages and I was very fearful that he was marrying me because we had a kid Mm. and so I was thrilled to be engaged but twofold I didn't want to be pregnant at my wedding yeah Yeah. I do remember you always saying yeah I didn't want to look back at those photos and be like well you know it was a shotgun wedding and they had to kind of thing Um, but I also wanted to let that simmer for a little bit have this family and I think I wanted Rob to feel like he had an out if he (laughs) was being impulsive because we all know Rob and he's an amazingly um uh what's the word I'm looking for um he's gonna be the guy that's gonna do right by everybody Mm, yeah and so I was worried that that was him just doing right by me 
and wanting us to have a family. And I wanted to give some time for it to be like, look, we don't have to be married. We can still have this co-parenting situation. We can do this. Of course, I wanted to marry him. But I didn't want him to feel that he was trapped. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, my biggest were, fear. How long had you been dating before you got pregnant? Because you were high school sweethearts. A year and a half. I We were... He asked me out, asked me to be his girlfriend one week before I turned 16. So 15. Okay. And then I got pregnant um, after 17. So about 18 months. Okay. But yeah, so, but early quick, like early on in your relationship, did you already feel like he was the one? Oh, I knew it. I knew it the minute I saw him. (laughs) It was those, like I, obviously we met in high school and I saw him one day. You know, you went to the same school. We had the upper campus, lower campus. Isn't that really... We I don't know if I've told you that before, but, like, we went to the same high school and <gasps> had some of the same teachers. Yeah. What? Rob, I had no me, idea. Ash, my brother, Rob's brothers. We were all at the same school. And the whole the school heck? had maybe 500 people. Yeah. Between junior high and high school. So everybody yeah. knew everybody. Yeah. yeah. That's very similar to the high school that I went to as yeah. well. Yeah. And so sure. we had an upper campus and a lower campus. High school was on the upper campus. Junior high was on the lower campus. I was in eighth grade at the time, and he was a junior. That's crazy. <laughs> We're only, yeah. What? <laughs> I know. Wait, we didn't you, start dating no, then. No, you got pregnant. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Jenna! <laughs> how scary do you think I am? I forgot how old people are. Um, well, he came down from the upper campus, headed to the main office or something, and I saw him for the first time, and I was like, it was literally like stars and little birds. And <laughs> what was he? What did he look like? What was catching it was a, your eye? So it was game day, and you know, on game day they have to dress up. Oh yeah. So Wait, he what, had what a, sport? Football? Uh, baseball? No, he played baseball, basketball, volleyball, and cross country. We had no football because the insurance was too high <laughs> for oh, a private school. Okay, yeah, okay. it was really expensive, and no swimming or we had tennis. We, we, we had swimming when I went there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. The tuition went up to get that swimming insurance, which is weird because there was no pool. So they were they went to CBU every oh interesting, good to know. Um, It was game day, so it was game day. He had on a button up shirt. Guys had to dress up, girls had to dress up. Whatever athletes were, which I don't understand. What was the point of that? I had to do that too. Okay, okay, okay. So okay, we had to dress up for away games. Home games, we would wear like our uniforms. Home very no opposite. Really? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Hey, actually, maybe not. Now I'm now. I'm yeah, confused. now I'm I'm conflicted about what it was. Anyways, um, he was wearing a Looney Tunes tie. I don't know why it stuck out to me, but he, you've seen him smile, and he walked <laughs> past me, and he saw I was ogling at him, and he smirked and smiled and walked past, and I was just like, and I turned to the girl I was sitting next to at lunch, and I was like, I'm gonna marry that boy, and she he was like, one thousand percent you can ask him you can how would he know he's like yeah she said that because i i've told him that story a million times and i don't even remember who i was sitting next to because the world disappeared at that moment so so to your point like did i know like he was the one was i interested he had given me a promise ring oddly at an in and out um (laughs) so cute well before i was pregnant like well before there was any sexual activity (laughs) so there was full intent to have a committed relationship i you don't have to go into a lot of detail but you've told the story before that your actual getting pregnant was very (laughs) do you Um, want to tell that if that is content you want out there whoa oh 
Are you just saying like what I've told you of like? Well, she's she told me a bachelorette party. Okay. Well, you can say it. We'll cut, we'll leave it in or cut it out. Okay. We'll decide and yeah, post. Yeah, yeah. It. We were both virgins. Yeah. It was the first time for both of us, and it was something we kind of got into, and then we're like, we shouldn't be doing this, and stopped. Nobody finished. <laughs> Nobody knew um, we were that far along in the process of sexual intercourse and we stopped what we were doing and we you know moved along and two months later i'm like i haven't had a period in a while and that then just was like shocking. and then was like there's no way there's no way that encounter yeah produced anything but hormones like there's just no way yeah went one more month and i was still in full denial full denial i was like there's just it, i would have to be virgin mary there's no way <laughs> and it was actually. Did you know how sex worked? Because <laughs> to um, be fair, to be honest, schools do not no. provide you resources. I'm going to be honest. No, like there was no sex talk in my house. There was abstinence, and we didn't talk about it. So, no. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, in private school, I had been raised in private school my entire life. No, there was I don't no know education. If, yeah, I don't know if that's wow. changed, but I feel like yeah, Cole will always say like, "Well, yeah, in like health class," and I'm like. Health we class weren't allowed. wasn't a thing. <laughs> it wasn't a thing. <laughs> and even if it had been an option, I don't think most parents at that school would have even signed off to let their kids do it. Yeah, because why do you need to know about it? Yeah, you don't need to know. You're not going to sleep with anybody. You don't need to do that. That's against the law, as you stated earlier. <laughs> it's illegal. You can't do it. So there wow. was no education. There was no protection. There was no um, let's talk about it, which is exactly why we have always talked about it. I feel like, I mean, I don't think people have said this directly to the podcast, but I feel like having you on as a guest, they're most interested. Like, I feel like we have a lot of parents that are like, oh my gosh, like what's your mom's, like, what was the, the method, I guess, in like teaching you guys and talking to you guys about sex? Like, why are you so comfortable with it? Mm. And like, how do I implement that? So I feel like people are interested in like picking your brain about like, that kind of stuff. It's something that I'm very, very open about, I think, because it shouldn't be taboo. Yeah. It, it just really shouldn't. There's so much um, shame revolved mm-hmm. around it that I just think is so um, detrimental to our mental health that we shouldn't be sa- shamed for sex. Yeah. Like, it, just in our marriages especially. Like, it, it should be something that's freely talked about, and you grew up freely hearing about it. Yeah, which honestly, like, makes me sad for my other friends possibly growing up in that same private school because I'm like I don't know if your parents are talking to you about it but mm-hmm. it would be very easy in like a a private school and like a like I don't know just like in the church too I feel like I will give the church credit the overall church credit that I feel like we have come a long way and are more definitely like yeah. it t- good talking about it but at the time it was like I mean, you just don't do it until you have, uh, until you're married. So, like, and then how are, are you supposed concerned? to know anything about it even when you get married? And that was, I, that's still, I think, the biggest challenge is if you're not talking about it and you're not open about it, how does anyone know? We actually talked about this, I think, at the bachelorette party. We talked about it all at the <laughs> bachelorette party. How do you know what is right, what is wrong, what's supposed to feel good, what is acceptable if it doesn't feel good? Like, there's so much misinformation about how it should look and feel and appear and what you're supposed to think about it. And I've talked to a million women that are just like, I don't enjoy this aspect of it, but Mm -hmm. I'm told I'm supposed to, or Mm -hmm. I'm told this is supposed to be, I'm supposed to perform or be like this because my husband Mm -hmm. likes that, but there's no open communication about it. And there's just so there's shame around talking about it. So nobody asks any questions. Yeah. 
Okay, going back, like, a little bit, yeah. what, when did you finally, like, come to terms with, like, okay, wait, I'm pregnant? I didn't. Yeah, my mom told test. me something was off. My <gasps> mom, mm-hmm. My mom said, something's up, because she would always buy, like, all the toiletries for the house, and she's like, you haven't asked for tampons <gasps> for three months. Okay, wait, sorry. Before this, were you saying to Rob at all, like, not I didn't have even, my period? Nope. Not okay. even an iota of thought or anything. I was an athlete at the time, so I thought, well, maybe I'm just working out a lot, or I'm just, you know. Irregular. Just irregular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so your mom said you have an S for two months, and then And she said, I she... want you to take a pregnancy test. And I was like, but that would be pointless, Were because you, like, I haven't had sex. Weight? Like, No. Interesting. No, I it's... you don't gain weight for a while, yeah. at least. I, no, I wasn't... I was only... I think I was exactly 12 weeks. Oh, okay. So Were three you sick months at of, all? Nope. I never got sick with either one of my kids. That's great. Yeah. Never once. Little morning nausea, and then that would fade. Never threw up once. Okay, so she told you... I so want she you to forced me... Test. She sent my stepdad to the store to buy pregnancy tests it was a family affair it was a no. family affair were you like mom no i was or like you oh no i was like, so proud and confident that it was she gonna was come back negative in high school too i was so she I was, was just like by the test so you were i was like, so confident that it was gonna come back fine because there's absolutely no way that sexual interaction could have produced anything there's Did just you no way. say to your mom, like, well, we had, like, fooled around? No, I said I haven't had sex, so it doesn't matter. Like, sure, I'll take the test, whatever. Okay. Arrogant mother effer that I was. <laughs> okay. And it came back positive, and um, she stormed, my mom stormed out of the room, um, and subsequently didn't speak to me for two weeks. And what, what how did you feel when you saw it? Um, My heart sank. Like, I was just like... Oh, hell, I'm a statistic now. Like, mm. I am... I, my goal in my family, and I was a middle child, so stir up some shit and then try not to ruin your whole life. Um, my goal was to not be the first fuck up, or try to break... Whoa, okay. Sorry, maybe not be the first. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That'll get you an explicit. My goal was to not be the disappointment of the family. Yeah. And so in that moment, it was evident to me that, of course, my mom stormed out of the room yeah. and subsequently didn't talk to me for weeks, that I was the disappointment of the family. And so at a certain point, being the middle child, I was like, well, we're just going to lean into that then. This is our identity. This is who we are. Um, like I said, my mom didn't talk to me for two weeks, almost exactly. And that made me feel um, so ashamed of myself. Yeah. And so ashamed of just like, nobody's going to love me. Nobody's going to accept me. No one's going to appreciate me. So, okay, that's just who I am then. Also, like, for perspective of, like, because our family dynamics are so interesting, where it's like, yeah, you have an older sister, and you guys are from the same dad. Mm -hmm. And then how old were you when your parents got divorced? I was seven when they got divorced, and I was nine when my mom remarried. Oh, okay. I didn't actually realize it was that quick. But then a few, I guess then at that point, four years later, they had Christian when you were, like, 13? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, it seemed like longer, but yeah, I know. Right. I thought so too. Uh, and then at this point, Christian's only five years old. So there's like. A... My little brother is five years old, and now I'm pregnant with his niece at five. He was, <laughs> he was five in our wedding. He was the ring bearer in our wedding, and he was five, and Ashley was six months old. It's so weird because growing up, like my parent, like my aunts and uncles were all like old. Yeah. To hmm. me. Like they were my parents' age or older. And then I remember 
when I started dating Tanner, finding out that he was like 15, 14, and he had nieces and nephews, I was like, how Wait, how does that work? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not allowed. Yeah. But yeah, that's so crazy. Okay, so how did you tell Rob? Oh, I don't think I've actually ever heard this story. I called him. Well, that was the day of pagers, so I had to page him. What? 911. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> it was pretty much like a, uh, I think I sent a 411, which meant I have information. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand how pagers work. Um, think Give of it like a calculator answer. screen. That's all you had. You had like nine digits worth of screen to work with. Okay. And you, and it can only be numbers. So you had like a calculator, like you can spell things out on a calculator with yeah. numbers. Um, so we had our little codes of whatever, 411 was information, 911, 143, men, I love you. That um, was a song I used to listen one, to. 143, I love you. Yes! <laughs> so he, that night was, he was a manager of Blockbuster Music, which That's I'm so sure nobody cute. even remembers or knows of. The cool thing about Blockbuster Music was you could open any CD and listen to it fully before having to buy it. Like, they had a whole Mm. listening station, and they would just take things off the shelf, open it. Anyways. Did you and him go there and, like, listen together, like, in the movies? Sometimes. Um, They're bankrupt now, so. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I paged him. He called. It was, you know, late at night. He was closing the store, and I was like, so I'm pregnant. And he was like, okay. And I was like, he, okay, so he didn't question that. Oh, that's true. Because I feel like wouldn't he be like, did ever... you sleep with someone else? Because that wouldn't like that. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, I, say, no. I didn't do my part. Yes. <laughs> Apparently he did. He, Apparently he did. Yeah. Um. He never did. He never questioned it. He was just, and it would be interesting to get his perspective on that. Um. He was like, okay, all right. And if you... Because at this point, he had already graduated, too. So he... He had graduated, and he was in his second year of college. Yeah. Hmm. And I was a junior. Okay. In high school. So, um, yeah, he was like, okay, I'm quitting school. Like, he went into full, like, to-do list. Hmm. I'm quitting school. I'll get a full-time job. Because he was just working part-time while going to school full-time. Um, this is, And if you ask him, he says... It was the greatest phone call of his life because he was like, I'm, I'm, I wanted to be a family with you anyways. Like, I knew we were going to be a family at one point Rob. or another. Tears in my eyes. I know. I'm like, you're full of crap. And he's like, no, that was, I, I went home that night and told my parents. Wow. I was okay, well, they talked to you for the next two weeks. Mine didn't. <laughs> That's really hard that your mom didn't talk to you because, like, I can't imagine experiencing pregnancy at the age of 17 and then not having... I'm not going to lie. It was very traumatizing for me, but I grew up in a house of tough love. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very much, you're not going to do these things. Um, And if you do, here are your consequences. And we stick to that no matter what. It was never... And that's just kind of how boomers were. Like, it was... Just, I, I hate to say that, and I don't yeah. mean to be disrespectful, but... My mom is a completely different person now. Yeah. And I don't even say, like, what I'm saying out of disrespect. I feel like she would even admit to it. She would, I think. And I I hope she doesn't get offended on this. But this is my truth. And this is what I felt. And so um, it was very much a tough love situation in our house all the time. And the way it was conveyed to me was this was the consequences of my actions. And Mm -hmm. 
I did feel very alone. I did feel very like Rob was my my rock. He was the only thing I clung to that made me feel like I wasn't a horrible, terrible person. Um, yeah. He was the one that was like, we're going to have a beautiful family. This is wonderful. Yeah. And my mom came around two weeks later and was apologetic and mm-hmm. was trying to find the best way to support me that she knew how. And so I see the struggle for her at that time. Like now that I'm a little bit older, I can see where she struggled. Um, I don't think I would have had the same reaction, (laughs) but I can see based on how she grew up, that's all she knew how to react to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess like from there. So I don't know if like we need any more on like the teenage pregnancy. (laughs) I mean, I guess to your credit, like you went on to finish high school. I did. I went to school. Um, I finished my junior year pregnant. Wait, I have a question. Did you get bullied for being pregnant? Um, I, so I found out I was pregnant pretty close to the end of the school year. So I finished my junior year and nobody knew. I had a few very close friends who knew. Um, Christy went with me to my first ultrasound. Um, Tiff and Shannon knew. Um, But I didn't tell, like, and I wasn't showing or anything in school. And then I graduated my senior year, basically homeschooled, like homestudied, Mm -hmm. did it myself. And, um, yeah, walked in a graduation, not with all my friends, because it was a different school, like a homeschool. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, because after uh, that, you were in a private school. Were you still at Woodcrest when you got pregnant? No, I had been respectfully asked to not return. (laughs) That was the second (laughs) private school I was um, expelled from. She couldn't keep up the grades. (laughs) No, I, I was, yeah, I, I was not a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by like not nice person? Like were you bullying other people? No, I was very, I'm an empath, so I'm very. other pregnant girls. And then she was like, oh oh, crap, now I'm one of them. Oh, you're six months. I'm only three. So that makes you worse. Um, no, I I was not a bully to anybody, but I was definitely kind of a potster. Mm. I was the one talking in class. I was the one mm-hmm. writing notes in class. I was always the one that was like, how many times do we have to talk to you about this? And I'm like, I don't know. How many times are there? Like, <laughs> How many I, more you got? I can do this all day. <laughs> uh, okay. So then you were at Ramona. I went to Ramona. And then junior year, got pregnant pretty close or found out I was pregnant close to the end of my junior year. Um, and then, yeah, finished independently my senior year. Nice. And then went to, co- took one year off, went to college. Wow. Got pregnant with Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, before was I started. Was unexpected? Oh, yeah. Both kids were completely She was on unplanned. birth control. Yeah. And got pregnant so with So we Lou. have like super stuff. I know. I'm hoping yeah. I'm getting her genes because yeah. <laughs> or her fertility. Yeah, yeah. Because that half an intercourse resulted in this and then being on the pill resulted in Lou. After that, we were like, we got to start sleeping in separate bedrooms because yeah. we didn't want any more kids. Wow. Isn't that, that is insane? Shocking. So yeah. So then fast forward, I'm like, cause Lou and I are almost exactly two years. Almost apart. exactly. Which means we're having sex consistently the same month of the year. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> February. 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 Valentine's Day. That's when I conceived Monty. Yeah. And that's when she was uh, conceived because she's only 13 days like, uh, away yes, from yeah. me. Yes. And yeah, our birthdays are 13 days apart and you and Monty's are two days apart. Oh my gosh. And when's Lou's? Um, Lou is December 15th. 15th. So she's two weeks after Ash. 
Okay. In that same vicinity. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a common. I think timeline. we also. I was two weeks late. So you were a week and a half late, ten days. Yeah. What was my due date? Uh, the sixteenth. Oh, so yeah, I was very close to you. Yeah, the sixteenth and came the twenty-sixth. So yeah, now you have a two-year-old and a newborn, and you're mm-hmm. still going to school. And I was nineteen. <gasps> so I had. Scary. I delivered Lou two weeks before my twentieth birthday, so I was nineteen with a toddler, a two-year-old toddler, and an infant. Holy crap! I was in school. I was in college, pregnant with Lou, it's with so a funny. toddler at home. It's so funny because, like, after I gave birth and, like, was newly postpartum, Ashley said to me at one point, she was like, does it make you think about, like, my mom? Like, <laughs> how she was 17 and doing that? And I'm like, <laughs> I cannot imagine. No. It I remember pa- I remember turning 17 and I was like, I, like... I could be what, pregnant. What would right I now. do? <laughs> yeah, truly. But you just figure it out. Yes. Every like did you, go ahead. Did you still live with your parents or no. during the six months before you got married? Yes. Okay. We never lived together. She was actually telling us this story last yeah, night. Yeah, we were talking about last night at uh, our anniversary dinner that um Ash and I lived at home with my parents for like when she came home from the hospital. Rob then got an apartment of his own. And we were very, here's the thing that cracks me up about us. We were very strict about not living together, even though we'd already had sex and had a child together. Like that was, oh, well, we can't do that. That would be living in sin. I was going to say, was that like still genuinely from like a Christian? Yes. Okay. 100%. Because if I look at it today, I'm like, whatever. But her, Ash and I, Rob had got his own apartment. Ash and I lived at home still. But we um, would go play house at Rob's apartment during the day while he would work. And then she had her own space at his apartment. So I would leave her there at night and I would go back to my parents' house, sleep, and come back at 6 a.m. You're joking. I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm absolutely not. So Rob would be up all night with her. Oh, no. She was a princess for him. Okay. That's what she was saying last night is that at her house, I was like, she screamed all night. I was screamed all night long. And my grandpa, like, had to get up at like 2 a.m. for work Mm -hmm. to, like, go drive (laughs) trucks. Yeah. (laughs) And so they were like, you have to, like, get her to calm down. Like, she needs to start (laughs) sleeping. And so she was like, I'll just take her over. To Rob's and like he can deal with her and he had been at work all day so she's like this is your contribution and then he would she would call in the morning and be like so how was it I would come over I was over at like 6 a.m like I I would leave that his apartment at like midnight I would go home to my parents house and sleep and then I was back at 6 a.m yeah and then be like how was she yeah and, and he was like she slept all night okay this is actually a new theory that I have okay so I have a friend who um, she's not with the father of her child and it's literally the same thing mm-hmm. when she is with the child he's up all night like wants to nurse wants yeah. you know doing stuff then with the dad they do the same situation he sleeps in bed with the parents but when he's with the dad sleeps the entire night yeah and we recently moved Monty to her own room and uh she would wake up every hour, and now she wakes up maybe once to eat. Yeah, I and said it's that like they to her. Know. I was like, I she like it has to be a smell thing, or like yes. they just know that you're close. I was like, is it something with the milk? Like? It's an essence. It's a it's a something. Like I, 
I also believe energy plays a part in that too a little bit. And I didn't think about that until much later. And I think there was tension in my parents' home because she screamed all the time that made her feel uncomfortable. That then when she went into mine and Rob's space wasn't there. Mm. Like that sort of tension or that sort of energy it's just wasn't that it present. Came back once uh, you moved in. It was just me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you started screaming again at night? So when, when got we got married. married and I moved into the apartment, she wouldn't let me because we it was a one bedroom apartment. So her crib and our bed was right there. Yeah. We shared a room. Rob, she had no issue with Rob sleeping in the bed in the room that she was in in her crib. When I moved in, she was like, Mm-mm, nope, out. And I would try, like, we would sneak into the bed after she'd been passed out for an hour or two. And 20 minutes later, just as we're on the cusp of falling asleep, she would stand up in her crib and scream. Not the standing. (laughs) So we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. (laughs) Rob and I lived in the living room on an air mattress for well over a year. While she had the entire... And she had the entire bedroom. We had a bed in there that we were never allowed to use. (laughs) And not only did we live on an air mattress... We lived on an air mattress that had a hole in it, so every night we had to reinflate it, and we would wake up in the morning flat on the floor. The bed out. It was. It wouldn't fit in the. It you was weren't going like, for aesthetics at this point. No, we're survival weren't. mode. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. That has to be something. Where yeah, they're where they know the mom. Were you breastfeeding still, or at the time? No, because. I mean, Ash was a very large baby. We were talking about this also last night. She said that when they would go out to dinner, they would put three jars of baby food on the table, and a family or a family was, she was like nine months old had a baby the same age, and she was like, "Why did you bring so much?" And mom was like, "No, just wait. <laughs> She'll eat <laughs> every squash." And it wasn't just like baby food jars. Like we're talking like stage three jars, like like eighteen month old food. She's a hungry girl. She So at three months, we actually started putting cereal in her formula mm-hmm. because she would scream all night. We thought she was hungry. I literally could not produce enough for her. Mm-hmm. And she she wanted to nurse all night long, but then she was pissy about it because it wasn't sustaining her. Mm. So I I was also like 10 pounds when I was born. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Real, what was her birthday? She was 9'8". Good yeah. for you. 17, pushing out of nine, 10. Oh, emergency, emergency C-section. C-section. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. I was so big. After 22 hours, oh, they were man. like, you're dilated at a three. Like this, she's stuck. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. And she was 10 days late. So we were like, my doctor finally was like, listen, you we got, we just got to do this. Yeah. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, I'm not even coherent. I don't, I yeah. don't care. Just I take me just, away. Yeah. It was Thanksgiving day. That's when Monty was born, Thanksgiving yeah. Day. It was. I was just like, I'm. I'm done. I don't care. I'm. And I can't. My mom had all three C sections, so I was mentally prepared. Yeah. <clears throat> if that was going to be the case, but. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so I feel like. I How did you enjoy your origin story? Oh, wonderful! <laughs> I've heard it multiple <laughs> times. Um, I feel like there's a few things I want to hit okay. with you, but in the spirit of celebrating 24 years of marriage, what? Like, just give us some of your tips. Like, what has been, like, maybe your favorite thing about, like, being married to dad for 24 years? And then maybe talk about, like, the bad things. (laughs) Which I feel like... your advice. Yeah, which will lead us into our next, like, story segment. Okay. Um, (laughs) What's your special sauce? Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She already talked about the sauce. She already talked about the special sauce. That's how you got here. Um, He's my best friend. 
nobody. And you guys also were friends before. Yes, we were. I was dating his best friend at the time when I met him. <gasps> Scandalous. I know. I used him to get to Rob. Um, but he, yeah, we had an established friendship. So we had such an established communication that I feel like, of course, in marriage has gone up and down depending on the seasons that you're in and different stuff you're dealing with. Um, but at the end of it, like nothing comes above him. Mm. Like not my girlfriends, not my kids, nothing comes before him. And I, if I think back to some of the times that were tough, mm. it was when I stopped prioritizing him. I feel like the not before kids feel it, people would think is controversial. Oh, hugely. Like, yeah. I'm not even popular in my own friend circle because they're like, well, my kids are my world. And I'm like, here's my thing, though. My kids will eventually move out and have their own lives. Yeah. If I'm still not connected and attracted and um, having this relationship with this person that I built this family with, what am I left with? Yeah. And how often do you see empty nest couples that are mm-hmm. like, we didn't Who realize. Yeah. We didn't realize we don't have anything here. We were here for the kids. And we didn't know that. It wasn't an intentional decision, but now we've discovered that we don't even know each other anymore. Yeah. Now that the kids are gone, we just stare at each other. And for us, when the kids were gone, we were like, oh, we earned ourselves us time. I feel like you guys, I've always said that, like, you're, I guess, like, your perfect, like, American life was kind of backwards because you had kids so young Mm -hmm. that, like, I mean, Jenna and I at least are in that boat of, or, like, they got married when they were young, Mm -hmm. did four years of just them. And before, like, they started having kids, a lot of people do that. Right. And, but for you guys, it was backwards. And now you're, like, what, what did we say? How old are you? 43? 42. 42. <laughs> so you're 42. And people might look at you like your life is just now beginning. But it's, like, I don't, I wouldn't, like, deem it as that. But no. it's, like, now your time with just dad is, like, starting. Yeah, because we missed that. We didn't have, to your point, like, people get married and then they have their one-on-one time. And then they decide, like, okay, we got to travel and we got to do these cool things. And now let's start a family. And for us, it was like instant family. Yeah. And we had to continue to work to strengthen our relationship in the midst of instant family. Yeah. 17-year-old, you know, having their first baby. 19-year-old having their second baby. And we're just trying to survive. Like, we're just trying to put food on the table. Dad worked multiple jobs yeah. to make sure, you know, like we, we had everything a, we need. A whole episode on Rob and how he is just <laughs> the, old, the yeah. ultimate guy. But I guess maybe in the beginning, like how, I guess, being thrown into instant family, did you guys pursue each other? It feels like so Christianese to say, but like, as like, did you establish yourself as a couple and like as a married couple in those early years? I feel like this is going to sound so stupid, but I feel like it was just natural. Hmm. Like we we were so invested like we wanted to know again not having that individual time like that couple time early on we we intensely um wanted to know more about each other Hmm. like we wanted to seek out well what makes you tick in this instance in that instance and it was a lot of learning like okay he is really big about the kitchen being clean Hmm. i could care less if there's dishes in the sink um but i'm big on laundry being done like not living out of a basket kind of thing and it was navigating navigating and learning that while also changing diapers and bath time Mm. but it to me it didn't and this sounds cliche it didn't feel challenging like if I look back at my life I wouldn't change a single thing Mm. even Lou being sick I was gonna say we'll get into that yeah (laughs) like I wouldn't change a thing about that just because it has 
made our relationship what it is. It's made my character who I am, and I like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. secure in me. I am. Today, I wasn't five years ago. Yeah. But I, every single thing that we went through, every negative account balance, bank account balance, every bounce check, every, I don't know how we're going to get groceries this week, just created character. And we look back on those things now in our relationship and laugh. And we're like, wow, how did we survive? Yeah. He literally asked me yesterday um, if I ever, when we were dating in high school and then having you so young, if I ever imagined our life would be as good as it is today. Mm. Like, did you ever anticipate this would be our marriage? And I was like, yeah. Oh. Of course I did. And he was like, really? I thought we were going to struggle forever. And I was like, no, I knew we would come out on top and I know we would be successful and I know we would be ever so in love so yeah he was like oh oh that's cool <laughs> he said yeah 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 me neither <laughs> that's like, totally what I test. thought it's it totally what test. I thought too yeah because I feel would you say because and we can get into it Lou, Lou gets sick around you guys being married seven years seven year itch yeah she told me like later on that apparently it's like a, a thing <laughs> you never uh, the seven year itch most relationships go through their like biggest challenges at the seventh year of marriage or a relationship? I would have to say it's marriage because I can see, I have seen in the past people that have been together dating 10 years, then they get married and that seventh year is a struggle. I, I think it's a little Two bit different. It, coming up on it. <laughs> For us, it was a child being diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Well, did you feel like from, like from the first year of marriage all the way up till seven, it was still like it was just hit after hit? Or do you feel like you caught a breath like at all? Just because, I mean, yeah... Dad was going to school for his bachelor's and then his master's and... It's funny you say hit after hit. I didn't feel hit. You didn't? No. Like, I just felt like everything was a season. So him going to school and working two jobs while also being in school and really not seeing him that much, I just knew it was a season. Hmm. Like, I just knew this is just for this time. And yeah, we fought off and on because I felt neglected and I felt alone at times. And I worked, you know, a part-time thing while taking Where care of you guys. Go? Uh, we had a family friend who watched you when I worked, like, I worked part-time at Starbucks, 4 a.m. to noon, so just in the mornings, you guys were watched by a family friend, and then, um, and then I was home with you the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But he would go to, um, uh, his 8 to 5, and then he would go directly to night school. Some nights when he didn't have class, he was working a second job. Wow. Just to whatever, but I didn't feel, if I look at it now, and maybe it's naive of me now, because I look back at my life as the perfect life. <laughs> um, I didn't feel hit. I'm sure I did at the time, but it wasn't impactful enough to stick with me. Hmm. That's insightful. <laughs> Inspiring. So tell us about Lou getting diagnosed. Yes. Yeah. What I will say, like, we'll just say here a little trigger warning. Yes. Um, if you, I, maybe you could even speak better to it, but like, like as a mom, but if you, have a child. We're going to be talking about, like, childhood cancer and um, just being in that world. And so if you were a parent and that sounds a little too traumatizing, then maybe right now is a good time to log off. <laughs> or just fast forward, Hit pause, like, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so take us through this whole process. So it really started. Um, you guys were, she was four, four and a half. Um, that would have made you six and a half. And you guys were in date, like a preschool. I worked a full-time job at that point. Dad was working his thing. And I picked 
so for some reason, I only picked her up from school that day, or was both of you? Well, I was. Well, I would have been in like first grade. Oh, you would have been at. Um, I was at, at That's right. Um, so I picked her up from preschool that day, and her preschool teachers were like, "You know, she's just been kind of lethargic today. Didn't eat much. Not much of an appetite. No fever or anything, but just kind of, uh, kind of quiet." And I'm like, "Okay." And you just I strapped her in the car seat, um, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, just looking at her, and she just doesn't. She's not looking herself. And you just kind of get that mother's intuition. And I was like, something's just not right. Like, and she kept saying, it hurts right here. Like, it it hurts. And I was like, okay. And I had been in nursing school. So I immediately was like, maybe she's got a virus. Maybe she's got, I immediately went to like appendicitis. Mm -hmm. Like, she's pointing to this specific region. Um, So. you even get them that young? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? The appendix oh. is a mind of its own. Oh, interesting. Doesn't discriminate on age. I guess so. Um, so we took her to urgent care. Urgent care says, um, yeah, she's clammy. She's got this pain she's talking about. Um, we don't have a CAT scan here. Very well could be appendicitis. Um, but here's something, here's something for pain, for her potential fever. If she doesn't get better in a couple hours, I would take her to the ER. So we went home. She sat on the couch. Um, she didn't want anything to do with anything. We made her chicken dinos, which is her favorite meal on the planet. Didn't want to eat. And almost exactly two hours later, I told Rob, I said, we need to go to the ER. Something's just not right. So we took her to the ER. Um, they triage her and they say, yeah, that sounds about right. looks like appendicitis. You know, let's get her a CAT scan and we'll um, go from there. Cool. It's now like. Are you still, sorry, this is like, I guess maybe not important to them, but like, are you still in Riverside at this point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're in Riverside. I was 24 at oh the time. Oh my gosh. That's how old I am right now. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's now like 1 a.m. in the ER. We're, me and her snugged on this, you know, triage bed Um in the emergency room and um, they do her CAT scan and we're just waiting for the results, waiting for radiology to come back. And this poor sweet little intern, bless his little heart, came in and he's like trying to tell Rob what's going on. And I kind of poked my head up. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, "Um, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and admit you. And I was like, admit us for what? Like I can take the admission. What are we being admitted for? Um, Well, there's a mass, Um, but your doctor will be in in the morning and ran. And I was like, in the the morning, morning. not in a few minutes. No, it was 1 a.m. They were like, we're going to admit you. We'll get you into a room, get you comfortable in a bed. And your doctor will be in in the morning, like your regular pediatrician. And I was like, and he's like, there's, um," he said mass. And then he ran. And I was like, that, that was probably the worst day of that kid's life. And I was like, a mass of fluid, a mass of. Literally, you just left me for maybe six hours for my mind to race. So we get admitted. One parent can only stay. Rob has to go home. Um, pediatrician calls first thing in the morning. Hey, I want them to rerun all the tests. I want to make sure we know what we're looking at. And I'm like, okay, cool. Take her back down. They do another CAT scan. Um, he comes back. Now he's in person and says, um, so what they did was they found a tumor. It's about the size of a softball. It's probably been there by the size of it at least a year. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's been there at least a year. And then I was like, well, how is that even possible? We haven't seen symptoms. And he's like, I got to be honest with you. The symptoms she's exuding based on what they see have nothing to do with her actual tumor. It's it's just a virus and it would have passed. 
and we never would have caught it. So he said, I, her doctor was like, I want you to go see my friends specifically. We get, you know. Okay. Like, what are you experiencing in that moment? Because like, I mean, a a tumor is separate from cancer. Like, so did they tell you in the moment, like, yeah, she has cancer. (laughs) He said, it looks like it could be a cancerous tumor. Okay. What are you thinking in that moment? I literally collapsed. And because basically he's like, they're coming to bring you your discharge papers. I need you to go to Children's Hospital of Orange County. Um, I don't have even time to get you an ambulance. You need to go right away. And she's sitting in a crib bed. Like, she's four. And she's happy as a freaking clam. <laughs> she's like, like, the virus, virus has passed. Yeah, whatever she was feeling the night before. I have a photo still of her, like, just sitting up in her hospital bed from that night or from that morning. Just all smiles. And so... Rob gets the car. We put her in the car. We drive to Orange County at like the speed of light. We pull into technically we went to UCI. So UC Irvine. And there's a team of doctors standing outside. They're Waiting like for you. Eckberg family. And I'm like, it's not oh, what this you want to see. Isn't good. Right at the ER entrance. And I was like, okay. They put her, they didn't have an oncology wing. So having a kid with cancer was like VIP. So she gets, she's got this ginormous room. UCI is a teaching hospital. So we've got every intern and med student coming in and wanting to review her symptoms and wanting to know why she's not the type of cancer she ended up having with this. Why isn't she having those symptoms? And we're like, we don't even know what's going on. You're like, I just thought she had a stomach ache last night. They start poking and prodding her. We're in the hospital for two weeks at this point. Every test, every MRI, every lumbar puncture and at that point she's basically diagnosed with stage three neuroblastoma of four so yeah it's in her lymph nodes it's this tumor um there's a few pieces in just different areas of her she has surgery to remove the tumor and then they took some sample cells from different places to test those as well they all came back full of cancer so at that point, like the doctors then said, "Hold it together, Jen." <laughs> I'm sorry, Jen. Okay. Um, the doctor said we need to start chemotherapy plus radiation, and even when we're done with that, she's at best got a forty percent chance of survival. At best, after all the treatments. Oh. And this is where it gets really kind of interesting. Is um, our insurance didn't contract with Children's Hospital of Orange County for further treatment. So they were forcing us to go to the city of hope, which would, would have been a whole new hospital out in LA, which was not close to us at all. So I was kind of fighting it. Like, listen, we've already established with these doctors. This is closer to us. Can we just go here? No, we go out to city of hope for our consultation. We meet this oncologist, pediatric oncologist who was brand new to city of hope from CHLA. So had been working in the, you know, field for a while. I can only describe him as looking like Drew Carey. He actually does look just like Drew Carey. And he is, he comes in and he's the chipperest and happiest. And he's like, you're going to be so mad at me. You're going to hate me. Um, I want to redo all the tests. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, we need to start treatment. Like, we need to not kill my kid because we want to redo everything. And he's like, I've read all the notes. I've read everything. I'm telling you, I just want to do it again. I just want to see what's really there reluctantly I'm like fine let's do this let's do this quick let's get everything going so the next couple days we do spinal taps and um, they're checking the bone marrow and MRIs and 
PET scans and CAT scans, and all her scans come back 100% clean. Not a, <laughs> not a highlighted area, not a cell, not a anything. <laughs> and he's like... Two cryings back to back. Two crying. He's like, she's not cured. Like, you're never really cured. It could always come back and it could always resurface. We can give her one round of chemotherapy if that would make you feel better to make sure we've got it all. But then you open her up to a whole other host of issues with chemo. And I was like, well, if it was your kid, what would you do? And he was like, I, I know this sucks, but I would just play the wait and see game. We will test her every month. We'll test her blood levels. We'll test her urine levels. We'll cat scan her every six months. And if something you know, relapses, we'll catch it, like, right away. And it's been 17 years. I mean, she had surgery, though. Well, yeah, I I touched on that. She said that. Oh, you yeah. did say that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> she had surgery before we got to City of Hope. Oh, okay. She had I surgery at UCI. And the and the other people were like, yeah, she's probably going to die. Yeah, go to pretty much. Hospital. That is absolutely insane. And it's crazy. We have... Actually, we know someone who listens to the podcast, and she had twins mm. that they she was pregnant with, and the hospital she was at said the I don't even know what it was. It, it seemed like sorry if we're getting this wrong, but it seemed like at one point she was gonna have like one baby was getting more of like the nutrients, oh. and so it seemed like she was gonna have not maybe not pick, but like the one baby wasn't doing well, and the Ooh. other one hospital was like. Yeah, like, yeah, this is just the matter of it. what it is. And, and then not, at, the other hospital was like, no, we're going to, like, fix this. Ugh. And both and babies are crazy here. How... It's like a horrible choice to even think about. Yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy, like, how different hospitals, like, can change everything. Yeah, even just, like, to different doctors, too. It's so true, because I went on to work in pediatric oncology for a couple of years. And to your point, like, every doctor has a different approach to something even in the same field yeah but it all factors on the you know kids too or the the patient about different factors of everything so um yeah during so yeah go go ahead no no no. No, i was gonna say you had a thought i want you to finish it no so that put going back to kind of the the question is that put the biggest strain on our marriage you can look back in 24 years and be like that was the most difficult part hands down okay hands down and because what i did in that time is I prioritized Lou over him. Mm-hmm. And Which I, I don't think anyone would blame you for. I don't even blame myself for <laughs> She's it. She's like, I'm not apologizing. No, I, I, no, I, I, I see it so clearly as if I was watching our different fights and interactions in an out-of-body experience. I can vividly remember certain things of just being like, I don't have time for you. Yeah. I, because not only was she. I mean, she, we're living separate lives. Hundred percent. I I had quit my job. I was driving her to City of Hope, which was two hours each way, three times a week. How long was the whole process from the diagnosis to when she was? They said she's good. Six months, maybe. Okay. So it really wasn't as bad as like some of the patients I took care of. I was going to say in the cancer world, that's like yeah, the best case scenario. It really is, and the effect it's had on her, on her life, on different things is really minor compared to a lot of friends that we met in you know in the like cancer a, a world lot of like yeah like just I, from yeah her having cancer has like put us in different cancer communities yeah it has feel like camp cancer camp like camp ronald mcdonald i feel like there's no it feels so weird shout out camp ronald mcdonald for good times <laughs> there's no easy way to explain them to like it's just cancer camp but like uh i feel like 
this might be bold, but like everyone that we know has at least relapsed one time. Easy. And yeah. Lou just never has. No, and you end up carrying guilt for that, actually. You mm. end up as a mom, you carry you watched other moms lose their babies or other moms go through um like we knew one little boy or no one little boy who went through transplants and um, like bone marrow transplants and still has effects i mean it's been 10 years since he had a transplant but still has effects from the chemo from the radiation from the transplant and i look at my perfectly healthy energetic and and physical you know 22 year old and i'm like i have guilt Mm. I have guilt that I have a healthy child being and had been been a part of a community where most of our friends didn't survive. Yeah. Um, you know, we lost a lot of my mom friends lost a lot of children. You guys lost friends. And I have guilt that I have a healthy kid. And especially when I was working in pediatric oncology, when I was working at a hospital, I had so much guilt from like, I would go home to Lou and just hug her. Yeah, yeah like because I was taking care of sick kids all day long, and you're like, I know how you feel, and they're like, so they, you went through this exact scenario, and you're like, no, <laughs> and that's the thing. I stopped telling people that I was part of the community after a while because I, I had to. It was a hard reality for me that each diagnosis was very, very different, and even if it was the exact same diagnosis as Lou, it, 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 could it wouldn't have the same outcome. Yeah. So when do you feel like you got, you guys like re- bounced back or like recovered from like that period of life? A year after she was diagnosed, we ended up in therapy, which... For the first time? Uh, yeah. Wow. For the first time. Do you feel like it was still like taboo then? It's definitely not as much now. I, feel I like. did. Yeah. Because at that time you were only in therapy if you were on the verge of divorce or you were breaking up or you had main struggles. And, it, and we did, to be <laughs> totally honest, but I would go to therapy today. Yeah. Like, we have nothing really to discuss, but I think there's, I I loved therapy, not at first, Um, (laughs) but today I would go just to discover more things about myself or to be a deep thinker or uh, just talk to him about anything or by myself. Yeah. Therapy is so, to your point, like, it's not as taboo, um, but it still holds kind of a a shadow that it shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you ended up in therapy. For a solid, every single week for a solid year. 52 weeks. Wow. Wow. A lot of money. It was expensive <laughs> and it was exhausting. But it was there that I discovered personally I had to work on me more than our actual marriage. Mm. And I had past traumas. I had like stuff from like childhood that I had never dealt with. So it was... A full year of marriage therapy, and then that turned into a full year of Brittany's therapy. <laughs> Brittany gets nothing to better. herself. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing better than your therapist is like, so I think next week it should just be you and me. And I'm like, why? He's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> this is not I can me. drive him here if you need him to sit here, but it's not me. Oh, that's funny. Um, cool. <laughs> I have a question. Okay, go ahead. This is kind of pivoting, um, but... I am wondering, and I feel like a lot of our audience is also wondering. So we talked about how you've been very open about sex with your kids. Mm -hmm. How did you introduce it in the first place? And how, like, what what was the age? Were they asking? Like, how how did it come about in the first situation? I don't know, and you can correct me on this. I don't know if we ever had a formal sit-down sex conversation. <laughs> well, 
There, well, I don't know if I, there was a formal sex one, but it's so funny that like just like TikTok, TikTok exists now, and sometimes I feel like I've lived every other life, <laughs> like or like all girls have lived the same life. But you got us like the what is it like? Oh, like, that's American right. Review or whatever it's Take, called. Yes, the and American the book, Girl doll book. Yeah, and she like walked us through everything. So that was more of like feminine care. Yes. Yeah. But I remember there's a picture in it of like hair growing yes. in armpits, and I was like, <gasps> what? No, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. But either. yeah, I don't know if like there was like yeah a specific sex conversation. I think the thing I wanted, and and I think I need to be clear that it was never it was always intentional to not hide sex from my kids. But I don't think we were ever over the top intentional to be like, well, this is how it's done, and this is how you should not feel shameful about it. It was more of just. Rob and I behaved how we wanted to behave, no matter who was in the room. Now, that wasn't mean like we were getting dirty in front of our kids. <laughs> yeah. But if we... they, I remember sitting in the back. I remember so vividly, like, we would sit in the back seat. And, like, even, like, at stoplights or whatever, they would lean over and kiss each other. And we'd be like, ew! And she would be like, isn't it nice to know that your parents love each other? And I'm like... It was kind yeah. of comments <laughs> like that all the time. Like... I, I if they walked in our bedroom and they were like ew gross I'm like this is my space don't come into my space if you don't want to see me loving your dad like again nothing like <laughs> not like nothing that. like <laughs> dirty nothing explicit but just I didn't I didn't want to be shamed in my own home for you know being uh like physical touchy with my husband yeah because this was a complete 180 to how you were raised 100 percent. yeah you it was it felt like a conscious effort or like did you and dad ever talk about it like we will be this way we did talk about it we we won't we never talked about like we're going to be touchy with each other all the time but we did explicitly talk about we will not hide affection from our kids or anybody for that matter like uh, you know i'm not making out in church Consistently. Um, Every week. Right. She has been yelled at. This is a true story. She has, well, I guess dad also played a part. So they have been yelled at on Disney rides. And, like, they all come over the speaker and be like, just so you know, like, we can there's see cameras. You. Yeah. We were, we were warned. <laughs> on Yeah. We were warned on Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Are these rides where you, like, go in your own little cart and it's, like, going through the dark? Haunted Mansion, Yes. Pirates, um, no. Pirates, no. But it is still dark. But it was. But it's a community boat. It was the community boat. But <laughs> hold on, before you judge me too harshly, it was the park was closing in like ten minutes. So it was. So a it was empty, boat. and it was a private boat. Like we were in the back row of a private boat. I don't want to know what, what you were doing. doing. <laughs> we were making out and being handsy and whatever, and we did get the the PA came over and was like, um, "Just so you know, your ride is being monitored." I was like. Oh, like, God. I don't care. Record it if you yeah, want. I was like, can I get a and copy? She's just saying, draw the show. <laughs> she said, can I get a copy? <laughs> can we get our pictures at the end? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I want to remember this. No, like, it, I, we did agree that we would not be shamed for our affection with each other and that we would not hide our sexuality from our, from our kids. Yeah. Again, not being explicit, but just being more... This is who we are, and I want our children to know what a loving relationship looks like. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's missing from many, many, many homes. And I think not even just sex in general, but just parents who love each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, we have so many friends where, like, their parents aren't divorced. Like, mm -hmm. they're def like they're still together, but they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen them kiss in years. 
Oh my God, that makes me so sad. Yeah. And it's like... That's devastating. And that's going to be the situation. Like, if parents are still together when their kids are out of the house, but they don't have that sort of, like, affection or relationship, they're just in it because it's comfortable. Yeah. It's, oh, this is all we know. Not that, like, oh my gosh, I... When I wake up next to him in the morning and he smiles, that is, like, the air in my lungs. Like, it gives me the energy to take on anything. And I can't imagine feeling alone in just life yeah, and not having that. Jenna has received, this is a big pivot, has received hate before for saying that oh. she's obsessed with her spouse. Oh, I'm, a, I'm beyond obsessed with her spouse. <laughs> no, I think a spousal obsession is okay. <laughs> I think it's 100% okay. And I don't get the shame around that. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't It's the people that are saying it aren't it obsessed with their, ha- with their spouse. So. Yeah, like, it has to be. Like, I mean, I have girlfriends that are like, I don't understand. Close girlfriends that are like, I don't understand how you're so... Rob and I are together 24-7. 24, uh, yeah. He's 10 feet from me right now. Like, And she'll go down after this and be like, I miss you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and I have girlfriends we'll... that are like, I, I, oh my gosh, he came home early from work today and he drove me nuts around the house. Yes. And I'm like... Came home early for, from work. Should have been a snuggle session. Like, yes. what are you doing? Yep. I don't get it either. And I get made fun of from my girlfriends who are obviously in their 40s. And I'm like, where's the, why? What's the wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I'm sure that they've, like your friends, I'm sure have been married a lot less time than you too. Yes. Yeah. And they're already in that place. Or some of them are on their second marriages. Mm. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Okay, I have one more question I want to ask. Yeah, yeah. And then How, more popcorn questions. Yes. How did you, like you said before, that you were prioritizing your marriage over your kids? How, like, practically day-to-day would you do that? Mm-hmm, that's a good um, question. That is a good question. It, it meant weekly date nights, no matter what. Like, okay. Thursdays were date nights. It meant you guys need to be okay with us leaving the house tonight because we are prioritizing each other. And it meant when he got home, everything else stopped. And I was in tune listening to him about his day Mm. because he needed to feel he's been away from us all day. He needs to feel that his partner is invested in his day. And I see a lot of moms and a lot of women that get so annoyed. You know, I can't. Oh, my ick (laughs) is when wives refer to their husbands as their third child. (laughs) Disgusting. It is. Like, oh, yeah, I, I have three kids because, you know, he doesn't know how to do anything. And the way they dumb down their husbands and talk so degrading about them is full. Like, nothing will f- inflame me more. <laughs> because it's just like, well, no wonder he doesn't give you affection or doesn't help you around the house. You're mean. Yeah, rude. You, yeah. you, you come, If a man comes home from work, and I'm not trying to be all 50s non-feminists, but if a man comes home from work, what do they want the most? They want to see their family. They want to feel like they're welcome. They a want smiling to, face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you could have With had a, a really... <laughs> wearing an apron <laughs> and nothing underneath. <laughs> While the kids run around. Um, nothing. Uh, like, you can have a crappy day. Like, no one's telling you to fake it and be like... How was your day, dear? While you're crying inside. <laughs> but just having a hug... Yeah. And having that letdown connection between the two of you lets you know, like, we're on the same team. Like, I've had a really rough day. I don't know about your day. I would love to download that to you when you have a moment to actually, the bandwidth to actually hold that for me. And vice versa. When I feel like I need to, 
I've unloaded to you. Can I also hear about your day? And when I've had a fantastic day, I'm like, tell me everything about your day. I couldn't tell you how he does his job every day. And sometimes it sounds like the Peanuts parents talking like wah, 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 wah. But he had 10 minutes of me just being quiet off my phone and listening to him. I couldn't play it back to you. I had no idea what he said. It is very sweet because he does have such a technical job that we have no idea how, like, what he does. But you, he'll be like, oh, and then Bob said this. And you're like, and he said that last week. And I'm just like, how do you know these things? (laughs) It's it's the little things, the little nuggets that I try and hold Mm -hmm. hold on to. Whereas, like, I, you have to listen. You have to invest. What would you say to someone who, because a lot of people write in about this, who, like, their husbands would not reciprocate that for them? If they were doing it. Yeah, that's a good question. That is hard because I do have friends that are in that type of situation. Um, and to me, that's therapy. Like there is a, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. There's kind of a hereditary upbringing that I think trains men a certain way to either, either come home and turn on the TV and zone out mm. and just go like, I need me time. And they don't, <clears throat> they don't understand the effect that has on the woman who, again, it's, it's the opposite now is the woman's not feeling prioritized. Yeah. You don't care about me. You don't care. You're not invested in me. And that's when the disconnection starts to happen. And the wives are like, well, I'll just talk to Bill at work because he's invested in me. Bill. Bill. And those emotional affairs begin or those physical affairs begin because... And then the men are all surprised. Like, why would my wife cheat on me? I provide financially. Oh, we have a beautiful home. She drives a luxury car. I don't understand. Well, you didn't ask her anything about herself. It sounds so, like, yeah, when you lay it out like that. It sounds, like, all you had to do was ask her how she was. Just invest. <laughs> this is the person that you All you picked. had to do was bring home a special drink from yeah. work. <laughs> That's all you literally had to but do. it sounds so easy, but at the same time, it is. Like, you want to look at a guy and a, and a girl. Like, you want to look at both spouses and say, this is the person you chose. Yeah. Why are mm-hmm. you not still choosing every day? Yeah. Why today are you just like, I, I don't care? Like... Just because you bought the cow and the milk is there doesn't mean that you shouldn't still nurture the cow. Like, mm. it, why would you assume that now they're in, you're in, they're in your house and you guys are a family that it just works? Yeah. Yeah. Like, somehow, I feel like, and we talked about this, like, maybe in, like, the marriage episode, but, like, you, like, when you came home from your honeymoon, you're like, I just expected to become a wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. like, somehow, like, this wife material would come over me, but you're just like, oh, wait, no, I have to work for it. I feel like that with being a mom, I waited for that mom-like material to come over me. I feel like being a wife was easy, and I don't know if that's just because I'm so addicted to him and obsessed with him. <laughs> He's my drug. <laughs> It's, it's dangerous. I know that's getting I overdose, yeah. Um, but I struggled finding my momism, like my mm. my mom gene. Um, and I felt like it took me a long time. That's shocking. Really? Yeah. I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't remember a lot of like early years, but I feel like it's all. <laughs> so always... you're just screaming the whole time. <laughs> I was just screaming my head off. Damn and sure. Um, <laughs> Give me my jars, woman. <laughs> I just feel like it. I mean, I feel like it came naturally to you. But on that point, someone asked us like how, like, because I mean, as one of your daughters, we ha- I feel like we have an, an incredible relationship. Mm-hmm. What What's your like parenting secret sauce? I actually think that's more of a question for you. Ah. Oh. <laughs> like, honestly, it. I did what felt, I felt like there was a shift in me about 10 years ago hmm. um, that I, I felt like 
in when you were younger, I was an angry person and I was a yeller. Oh, yeah. And I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, but I, I grew up in a yelling household. And mm-hmm. when I started to see the traits of in myself in, that I remember in my household, and again, no slight on my mom, she was a different person. Um, when I started to see those traits is when I went back to therapy because I was like, why am I angry? I don't want to yell. And Rob's not a yeller at all. That, yeah. I mean, I, it might be, it's different. I feel like with each gender, like with kids yeah. and like, I've talked to friends that are parents too, but like with typically with girls, mom is the bad cop Always. and dads are the good cop. And so Always. I would remember like I got in trouble at school for cheating and you would be like, what is wrong with you? What made you think that? Yeah. Dad would come in 10 minutes later and be like, your mom is just disappointed yeah. in you. <laughs> and that's exactly how my mom was. Like, my mom would do the yelling and screaming. And then my stepdad would come in and be like, what she meant was. <laughs> what and she I was, was like, trying oh, to say. That's was. what she said and all that? Um, so I didn't feel like I had a calming shift until about 10 years ago. Hmm. Maybe 15. When we were almost out of the house, too. No, because... Well, I guess... No, I'm sorry. I would have been 14. I would say about when you were probably 10. Now, I will preface this by you've always been an easy child. Lou and I were... Lou and I had there. No, Lou and I had a very, very rough relationship for quite a few years. From 13 to 16. And even off and on since then. So... And that was therapy. We were three years of therapy because we didn't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. And you guys are the same personality, too. That's the other so thing. So it's is, also just a lot of yelling between the two of you. Yeah. You and I get along really well because your personality is exactly like Dad's. Yeah. And I like him a lot. <laughs> so I like you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I do see a lot of myself in Lou. And I, rem- I try to remember how I wanted my mom to talk to me mm-hmm. and how she didn't talk to me. And I try to respond better definitely not perfect at it but it's also picking your battles too like you I feel like with when my growing up it was the tough love thing so everything was an issue because we have to make sure you're a decent human of society or whatever but I guess that's the question for you is what do you feel makes what do you feel about me makes you want to even hang out with me I I don't know it's so interesting because I feel like because you were such a young mom that I feel like were even though like I wasn't like coherent like when you were 17 <laughs> right but I were closer in age because of it and mm-hmm. like a lot of people have like a 25 year age gap between like if their not kids. more yeah. yeah and so I feel like just because yeah we're closer in age and I don't know like you well I will say being your daughter as an adult has been you've always just like respected me and I just mm-hmm. don't feel like that's off that happens often with adult children. <laughs> I think now that you said that, I think one of the key things for me that I've tried to learn in the last five years is almost keeping my opinions to myself. Yeah. I feel like my job is to be a support to no matter what decision you make. Even if I sit back and go, this is going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. That it's, you never feel that from me. Yeah. Because I, kind of going back to what you said, like being a teenage mom, I didn't feel support. Mm -hmm. I felt very alone. And I also know what it's like to kind of say, okay, I have this idea and you're super excited about something. And someone goes, that's the worst thing that you could ever think. And you go, and you're just deflated. Yeah. So when I've tried really hard when you guys are like, I think we're going to do this. And I'm like, how's that? What does that look like for you? How does that look? I think that's a great idea. Again, even if I think it's disastrous, it's character building. If Mm -hmm things fall apart. You have to make your own choices. I can't tell you how to exist. Yeah. Mm. 
And I feel like that is, like, a tool that you've given me because it is, like, it, it's empowering. Mm-hmm. And to, like, to know that, like, do you feel like you lied through it, though? Like, no. Because even, like, yeah, it's nice to know you have parental support, but if right. I, were, you never in the back of your mind were like, well, if she gets to this point, then I'll pl- pull the plug. It, pull the plug on what, though? You're an adult. Like... Yeah. I mean, there were a few years, like, that you helped me out, like, financially, too, so it wasn't like... Oh, sure. But, again, like, I feel like that, money aside, mm. like, I feel emotional support is much more important than, like, floating you 50 bucks when you need <laughs> it or whatever. Um, but I just, I think at the end of the day, I want my kids to know, like, they have a safe place to land. Yeah. Because this is not a safe world. Like, it's, who else can you go to except, don't you want to kind of call home and be like... I don't know what to do in this situation. Yeah. And I'm looking for somebody to provide some sort of, not answers, but maybe some sort of guidance. Where did I step wrong? Where did I do this? And just having that person to even have that conversation with is crucial. Now, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that I am your ultimate best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I can admit that there have been times where I've been jealous of relationships that you have with women that are my age or older. Mm-hmm. And that's been growing like a growth aspect for me to say, what am I jealous of? I am lucky enough that my child has surrounded herself with mature, spiritual, honorable women. Don't I want that? Don't mm-hmm. I want people that are going to pour into her and be there if in the event that I can't? Or yeah. provide something completely different than I provide. Which is yeah. such an incredibly mature outlook to have on it because a lot of women could just be like, well, I just hate that person because they've stolen time away from my daughter. I mean, and yeah. I felt like that. Like there have been times where I have been jealous of Heather or Katie or Jenna. <laughs> and I'm also just like... really name dropping here. Today. Honestly, like if we're going to be transparent. But at the same time, it's been a gut check moment for me that Heather loves you like, uh, like she's, you are her own. How lucky are you? Mm-hmm. How lucky am I yeah. to have somebody that well, adores also, you like that? You also didn't live here a right. lot of the time. So it's like yeah, nice time. to know that somebody was there to catch right. me. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I, I love the community you've surrounded yourself with. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> great, great tidbits. We really just like ran through this. I feel like we've been talking for forever. We have, um, we have. But wow, thanks for coming on. Yeah. You did so good. How do you feel? Uh, fun. Fun. <laughs> fun. I like talking about me. <laughs> Do you want to give like a little plug to your latest oh. YouTube Instagram endeavors? Okay, so since we have become the empty nesters, how have we not even like gone through this whole podcast without talking about Disney? I know. Oh uh, yeah, um, I did raise a Disney adult, and I am I will not be shamed for that. <laughs> um, I don't I know mean... the audience uh, feelings on that. I know your feelings on that. <laughs> I honestly, she's come around. A lot I've more. come Yay! around. I've come around. But I do think that it's a lot more common to be a Disney adult than I. Okay, so I I've said this before. I was raised not allowed to really watch TV. Mm. We. I think we went to Disney once when I was a kid, but it was, like, with another family, and it wasn't, Mm. like, a whole experience. It was just, like, a we're we're stopping in at Disney. And I never got the lore of Disney. And then the only only, um, picture that I got of Disney adults or adults who like Disney was college. 
well that but like there was always just like weird like people who mm. who were really obsessed with disney and so my brain you know no there's i didn't know there. that there were normal people <laughs> that just enjoyed who doing... just enjoyed disney we live until... amongst <laughs> <laughs> and especially obviously with the rise of social media i see like normal cool people who love disney and i'm like yeah. okay this is there's more a lot normal. of us out there yes yeah. i also didn't know that disney was like there was food and Alcohol. stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I literally thought it was just like the people wanted to go and see the the, the mouse, the mouses, and the people, <laughs> the and they were like, and... "Tinkerbell, please give me the time of day." <laughs> that's literally what I thought it was. No, that's definitely very fair. So that's my beef with yeah. Disney. I, I'll, being raised, born and raised in Southern California, we went to Disney twice a year: once in the summer, mm-hmm. once in like Christmas time, because my mom loved Christmas at Disney. And so it was just kind of built in me. My grandfather lived right down the street. So my mom mm. was a Disney adult or a Disney kid and then kind of raised us that way. And then we kind of doubled down with the kids and we went, we didn't hardly go on family vacations because we spent most of our money at Disney. Yeah. yeah. We lived at the time when you were small, we lived about 45 minutes away, an mm. hour away. And we would go like twice a week and everybody, That's awesome. everybody had annual passes and we would go Sometimes for two hours, sometimes for a full day. Yeah. And it's the best. It, yeah. And we, we've had probably some of our best family memories, um, family fights, yeah. family <laughs> conversations. And part of why Disney for me as an adult is so important to Rob and I both is when we got married, 18, had a 16, had a 16, 16 month old, <laughs> had a um, we were broke. We paid cash for our wedding, which was $3,000. Wow. Way different than yours. <laughs> um, and um, we were broke. So the day after our wedding, we took our entire wedding party to um, Disneyland. That was our honeymoon. Like, we never took a honeymoon. We just did a day at Disney. So for us, it was very special. And then we continued to do date nights. We did date nights in high school before we even got married at Disney. We continued to take the kids and... We've had some of our, between Rob and I both, we've had some of our greatest like life conversations on a Disney property, whether that is on a bench with a churro and a coffee, just people watching or doing rides. We've had fights. We've had, you know, life planning, goal planning, like just at Disney. So um, this last year we decided to up the ante and just move to Florida she was practically tired of the PA on winter. Oh, I hate PA winter. Which is crazy that you you chose the Florida Disney over the California Disney. Well, Rob hates California okay. and will never go back. Um, and we really, just I too think expensive. it's it, just the cost of living. And uh, yeah, um, we do all have, we have all our family there. So we go back often to visit, yeah. but um, being raised right next to Disneyland, when we started going to Florida, we were like, there's so much more to do here. I told her she needs to do a YouTube video on things to do at Disney that you don't need a don't park involve ticket the parks, yeah. for in Florida no. because there, you, there's like a there's like thirty resorts, yeah, in resorts where you can just go have dinner there, yeah, or like an amazing restaurants. So that's kind of what we started, you know, with our little empty nester uh, time. Um, we moved to Florida. What's it been like eight months now? Yeah, seven months now. I got, um, how long have I been married? <laughs> like seven months, I think. Something like that. Um, we moved to Florida, and we're practically on Disney property. We can see fireworks from our living room. And wow, I didn't realize you were that close. Yeah, like Magic Kingdom is right, like parallel out our window. Um, so we go once, twice a week. We try new restaurants at different hotels. Um, yeah, we go explore all the festivals and stuff. So we started documenting it and. 
kind of making content and trying to uh, not be famous or anything, but be just kind of be put some put some fun information out there. To your point, like here's stuff you can do without spending four hundred dollars a day on tickets. Like yeah, go over here and you know rent boats at the at this resort or whatever. So yeah, um, so yeah, we have a, a YouTube and Instagram, a What's TikTok. The name? Our magical travel. So I couldn't cute. remember for every, a second. Every let's debrief listener needs to go follow them. And listen. Yeah, because our our follower count is very low. So I know that's due to me too. I'm also their video editor, so I need to get them more content. Yeah, I can I can film the content. I cannot put it together. So there, it's in the drive for Cole's plate got a little too full with work in the podcast. So I take yeah. this endeavor. That's fair. <laughs> But yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks yes, for having me. We didn't even say like how you were, how you were even in Pittsburgh, but it's totally fine. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you're, she's not here often, but we got very lucky. And then of course it was like kind of back to back with Carol being on. So in honor of Mother's Day this past Sunday, thank you. Yes. Even though by the time this goes up, it'll be a few weeks. But yes, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you do our? So do you know good. how to wrap it up? You've listened. You're a weekly listener of the podcast. You know what? Are you a know? true listener? I am a true listener. I sometimes save them up and listen to them all at one time. I do that. Like, she said uh, she listened to what was it on the way here? Um, uh, the Am I the Asshole? Oh, uh, yeah. And then I finished. Like I think I had ten minutes of it. I finished yesterday, and then I started the newest one. What we're loving. What we're loving. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like that because there was no video. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah. There was some last-minute last edit changes <laughs> that needed to be made. Yeah. Well. Um, um, but yeah, she is a faithful video watcher yes. on Spotify. Spotify. And I was Got like, it. I didn't even know. If you're out there and you watch on Spotify, sorry about that. But I didn't yeah. know they were out there. <laughs> right, Cassidy well. is also a faithful Spotify video watcher. Oh. Well, now we know. Maybe she's YouTube, actually. I don't know. But, but she likes the video. Anyways. Send them off. I don't remember. Where, where do they... Follow us. Oh, follow us at Spotify, <laughs> YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, oh, TikTok. Instagram. T- <laughs> I'm being schooled. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, follow us everywhere. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.